0: And finally, welcome back to Two Guys, One Lightsaber, DC Holocron, The Suicide Squad 2021, directed by James Gunn. Not that David Ayer's 2016 soft bullshit that we had. Ron, how are you doing, my friend? It feels so good to finally talk to you again.
1: Oh, dude, I'm I'm doing great. I, I was a big fan of this movie. James Gunn, in my mind, with Guardians, like, can kind of do no wrong especially when he has a rated R movie.
0: <laughs> no, James Gunn, that is his uh, shtick. We'll talk more about like what we liked about with his skill, but
1: overall, like let's just say nine out of 10, what would you rank this movie? Uh, I, I would give it a solid like seven and a half, eight. It had definitely room for improvement, but it was a damn good time.
0: Yeah. Let's just like some of these movies that James Gunn has been a director and writer on, uh, one of my favorites, he wrote the screenplay for, and it went with Zack Snyder's uh, 2004 Dawn of the Dead. That was Zack Snyder's, like, big breakout movie,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: it seems like when James Gunn gets these, like, Slither, another movie I fucking love that he did, which was his debut. I don't know if you ever saw it, but this definitely had a lot of vibe to that, and, like, of course, Guardians into Galaxy, people always think that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, when James Gunn can go art and write characters, whatever he wants them to, it, it's it's just awesome. Like uh, another movie that he has an uncredited uh, writing on where he kind of like touched up the script was, um, uh, have you ever seen 13 Ghosts? I have. Yeah, he, he helped finish up the script on that too. So like it, he seems to do really well with these ensemble cast stuff. Like, he just really
1: does, and when he directs it, holy shit, he just doesn't care. Dude, I swear, this was like Guardians of the Galaxy rated R version. Like, he had zero regards for any of the characters' lives. I honestly did not know who was going to survive this shit.
0: Well, and that's kind of, like, the cool thing about it is because they gave him free range on it, so he got to do whatever he wanted, and he got to pick out these, let's just say who they are, outside of Harley Quinn... Uh, Captain Boomerang. I would say you have a bunch of C&Ds. Oh, for sure. So it's just like, who cares if they die or not? It's not like we have to worry about them being in sequels. Even though there are certain ones, I really appreciated that I wish we could see back in sequels. There's one right in the beginning on full closure, spoilers from this point on. You got me and Ron's rating. If you haven't seen this movie yet, go to HBO Max. I wish I would have saw it in theaters, but with our current situation and our fellow friend that we both know got COVID, I'm like, babe, looked at my girlfriend, let's just, let's watch it at home. But this would have been amazing if this ever gets re-released when shit gets down. Like, I would have loved this movie at a midnight premiere.
1: I I hope it does, because I I was going to make a note here. It has the second lowest box office debut of any DECU movie. It only grossed $26.5 million in its first three days, which is right below I believe it was like Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, but I think both movies were such a so affected by COVID, otherwise this would be a huge hit because it had I think a $185 million budget and it has a long way to make up for that. Hey, I'm gonna look up its Rotten Tomatoes as of this recording, but I'm pretty sure it was like
0: even um at like I want to say like a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes too. And I think that was from critics. But I always go off of um what is it called uh the fan part of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I look at a movie and I see
1: critic scores I'm like and then I just go off of what people say. I mean to me there's no like Superhero movies aren't meant to be critically acclaimed. The only one that should be critically acclaimed is The Dark Knight.
0: Right, I, I get what you're saying with that, but like, just in comparison, The Suicide Squad in 2016 has a 24 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> this Every one bit of has that. <laughs> a 90. Oh, well, yeah, I remember when that movie came out. I enjoyed it the first watch, and then when I saw it, the, yeah, okay. So this one has a 91 percent from the critics. Wow, and an 84% audience score. That means wow, this that's movie crazy. is fucking good, in my opinion. Yeah, compared to 24%. So yeah. critics do understand, and when it comes to superhero movies, yeah, their expectations, like, they're kind of low, but they also expect you to hit a criteria. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you if you're going to make a super, superhero comic book movie nowadays, you have to do it. And what James Gunn did with this movie was flip the genre. Like, he didn't game-change it. But he made a different enough one where he's like, no, nah, I'm going to have creative freedom with this.
1: It was literally the Expendables put into a superhero movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I remember. Well, it was some crazy. asshole. Well, dude, some asshole, and by asshole, I mean a friend. I'm pretty sure it was Isaac, our friend Isaac. Uh, <laughs> someone watched it already on my HBO Max account, and I literally started it up, and it went right to the end, and all I saw was Holly Quinn on the helicopter. I'm like, well, I knew she wasn't going to fucking die, but holy shit, stop, 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 restart, restart. Like I immediately <laughs> pause and restart, because I'm like, I don't want this spoils for me. Right. Um, But that opening 10 minutes, my girlfriend looks at me, and she's yeah. like, did we start the movie from the beginning? Dude, I thought the same thing.
1: I'm like, (laughs) Like, Literally half the cast dies in the first 10 minutes of the damn film.
0: Like, what the fuck? (laughs) That opening (laughs) sequence was Beautiful.
1: And I was honestly super pissed. And as Mike said, this is spoilers going on from here on out. So turn this off until you watch it at this point. But I was honestly super pissed that Captain Boomerang got killed off so fast. I love Jay Courtney as Captain Boomerang.
0: I don't love Jay Courtney as an actor because I think it was like for five years in Hollywood. He was getting put in fucking everything, dude. Like they put him in Die Hard. They put him in Terminator. Like, they were trying, Hollywood was trying to make him, like, the next Colin Farrell, like, bullshit. Like, hey, he's, he's not an actor. He's a movie star. <laughs> and when I, I finally fell in love with him was Suicide Squad 2016. Yeah. He was really fucking good in that. And I finally said, like, dude, okay, I'm cool. But, you know, I don't think he's going to stay dead. Here's why. Flash. When the Flash does his movie, he can come back and that... That is the perfect, like, write-off for, like, all, especially, um, uh, who else fucking died? Uh, Flag. Yeah. Holy shit, Rick Flag. I, I still liked him from the first movie, him and, um, uh, Deadshot and Harley Quinn were the only characters I really liked, and Diablo, but he died. Right. But going forward, I'm like, Rick Flag is the shit, and it's because I liked the actor a lot, too, mm-hmm. and I thought he was way better, he was way more comfortable in this role. You could see he was having fun with it. Yeah. And Joel Kinnaman, say what you want. He has really grown as an actor. He had his big breakout, I believe, in that TV show on AMC, uh, The Killing. And he was also in House of Cards, which he was really good at. But he really cu- seemed to caught his
1: uh, stride with that Netflix show. Um, uh fuck, her, fuck. Her. i never watched oh, it but everyone it's altered carbon the first yeah, season yeah. Of altered carbon he was so good in that role that's
0: what i keep hearing and then i they canceled the show and i'm like well fuck this i'm never gonna watch it
1: so no there, there's a season two they just changed the actor to oh. uh what's his name the uh sam mackie
0: oh okay so that explains why everyone kind of like dropped off of it then
1: Yeah, Sam. He like he played it as more of a robot. Where Joel Kinnaman actually gave the dude a lot of like emotion. So I love the first season compared to the second one.
0: Okay, well that explains why it's not coming back. Or
1: sorry, Um, Anthony Mackie. I said Sam Mackie. Anthony Anthony Mackie. Mackie. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Of course.
0: Oh, you repl- for once, when you replace a Marvel actor with a DC- for a DC actor, it blows up in your face.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh,
0: but the standout of this movie, you might be like, Mike, your wrestling side is showing, as you know me. Can you agree John Cena can fucking act? He's hit or miss, but in this role, yes. <laughs> he fucking... The scene with him and Idris Elba taking out that whole fucking camp...
1: I mean, of, uh, he, was, they were literally just like dick measuring the entire time it was he so great
0: so he played it so fucking good like holy shit
1: <laughs> that that was probably my favorite scene of the movie
0: <laughs> it really was and even like the whole thing with like uh you heard like uh blood being like his father raised him to be a mercenary and the next scene it cuts to john Cena. his father raised him to be a mercenary yeah. like, and that, and he's like wait what He's like, yeah, I'm just better at you than it. I use smaller bullets. And that's James Gunn screenwriting 101.
1: He lays little things and it always comes back around. Well, that and with that whole scene, that is classic James Gunn humor. They thought they're taking out the bad guys when it was actually a resistance camp of people who could have helped them.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, that was so awesome. Him just being like, sorry, guys. (laughs) They thought they were doing the right thing. Right. (laughs) But uh, let's go back to the opening beach scene. Um, yes. So the other one I was shocked by, and it's because of their backstory, I believe, was um, uh, Mon Oh, uh, what the fuck is her name? Mongol. Yeah. Like, yeah. isn't like her like a thing? Like, isn't her dad like a giant
1: fucking badass in the DC comics? Like, isn't he? I'll be honest, I really don't know too much about a lot of the like small characters, like the people here. Yeah, um, okay, Mongol. I don't really know the backstory. Um, I like, I know more about Rick flag I know a little bit about uh Peacemaker, which we'll like, once we get to the end, we'll talk about. Like, I guess the whole like cutscene at the end, there's a yeah. reason behind all that, which I had no idea even existed. Oh, you didn't know about that? No, I didn't know he was getting his own show. Okay, yeah, so her character, her dad, Mongol, is
0: uh, Mongol. The guy who like steals people and shit. Um, you might have seen him. Uh, my favorite Justice League episode. Uh, where he puts the thing on
1: Superman's face. Oh, that was one of the first Justice League Unlimited episodes. That was like the first or second one. Oh, yeah, where it makes him think he's on Krypton again. Yeah, that's his daughter.
0: That's why I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Your dad can literally go beat the shit out of woman, woman, and go toe to toe with Superman.
1: Right, and they made her like a. Uh, afterthought if that's her dad like she should have been like killing everybody yeah so i think that was why like i
0: think they did that as kind of like a tease like oh yeah they're not gonna nope he's fucking dead. she's fucking dead. (laughs) right uh what they did with tdk was also great as well dude i feel like he
1: could have had a actual awesome legit power if they just put guns in his hands and he could detach his hands
0: Yeah, but I love, like, the whole thing about it. It's like, yeah, his arms really wouldn't have a lot of punch behind him because there's no (laughs) torso to, like, throw. I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. He's literally
1: tapping the soldiers on the helmet. (laughs) But, yeah, like, honestly, you put guns in those hands, he would have been awesome. Now, I don't know a lot about Savant, although Michael
0: Rooker acting like, you know, typical Michael Rooker, like, I'm just quiet badass, and him just crying like a little bitch. (laughs) Right. I'm out of here no 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 I, oh my god but i think the ultimate kill that definitely was why pete davidson signed on this because he knows he's like the most hated motherfucker in the world for some reason you <laughs> know i don't mind him um uh, his gun him just immediately be like guys i contacted you remember don't fucking shoot me and he just takes a bolt, 50 cal right to the face literally just blows his face yeah
1: <laughs> like it's concaved in and then weasel too well what would you think about weasel dying i'm like oh my god that's well, awesome. Weasel didn't die, as we well, yeah. saw later in the movie. But the fact that that was Sean Gunn making the uh, little sounds, and then they—he also had a uh, brief little appearance as Calendar Man, a Batman villain. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what—that was like one of the
0: Easter eggs um, I came across. Because I'm like, when I rewatched it, I'm like, wait, yeah, he's got dates on his head, and then of course, new rock stars being them. <laughs> that's like, yeah, Calendar Man. I'm like, no fucking shit. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. but yeah this
1: opening 20 minutes was insane it really was and of course James Gunn putting a ridiculous space monster as the villain Starro <laughs> but that's why like uh, oh yeah another character we didn't really like,
0: mattered even though his weapon came to matter was Javelin and I love that whole holly coin sequence what, what what's it for no this is really <laughs> right. fucking annoying what's the weapon for someone
1: tell me <laughs> Oh well, and we have to mention Ratcatcher Two, who was awesome in the movie, as well as Polka Dot Man and yeah, King Shark, it'll... voiced by Sylvester Stallone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was so happy when I heard Sylvester Stallone got cast in this movie because I immediately knew he was going to be King Shark's voice.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Like he, he was just straight up like he out Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. He didn't have to say one word. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked um, Harley Quinn a lot more in this. I feel like this is definitely Harley Quinn from Birds of Prey than more connected
1: to five years ago, Harley Quinn. I think this is actually like three years after like Birds of Prey. So I think she's been on her own for quite a while at this point when you really see the character come through from Birds of Prey. Yeah, I think it shoots are like live free, die clown. Yep. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like, she
0: just seemed like more in touch with herself. Like she clearly doesn't need anyone. Like, she knows who her friends are, and, like, she just acted like how she did kind of in Birds of Prey.
1: I really want more of Harley Quinn, but that Birds of Prey movie was absolutely terrible, in my opinion. Not because of her or her character. The writing for literally every other character was terrible, but I want to see more of her. Yeah, the only thing I remember was, um, like, when I watched it, I liked
0: certain things, but the Huntress was like my biggest disappointment because of Justice League Unlimited. But I love the actress they casted for her. Because I've been a big fan of that girl since like sky high back in the day. (laughs) And then uh, the thing 2011 prequel sequel was really good. She was really good in that too. So I was like, okay,
1: I was really like turned off by the Canary. Like I love that actress who played her, they just wrote Canary completely wrong. Isn't she in Umbrella Academy, too? No, that's a different actress. So she she got her start in the Friday Night Lights TV show. Oh, OK. That's where I recognize it from them, too, because I swear yeah. I'm like
0: because I'm re- I'm currently uh, for the first time watching Umbrella Academy and I'm just about two episodes in the season two and I fucking love the show. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Well, I we'll, uh, might have to do a podcast about that, too. But yeah, so like I'm watching it, and I'm like, they just had the same similar build and like same attitude. So I've, I'm like, is this the same girl? Because I'm like getting confused on Friday watching these two. So I'm like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> but, um, But So let's also real quick before we
1: get more into the plot, Idris Elba just also fucking killing it. Dude, I loved his character. I'm so glad they didn't replace Deadshot because there was rumors where he was going to replace uh, Will Smith and then even Idris Elba's like no if you're bringing me in I cannot do that role.
0: Yeah and I feel like those two characters they literally have the same motivation as in the first movie which I thought was kind of a cop out to make you sympathize with this anti-hero. Yep. I wish they could I wish there was a scene that explained why he wanted to kill Superman or like who hired him and it's like well Lex Luthor hired him. That's that's the only reason why he would want to shoot Superman with kryptonite bullet.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it was kind of a cop out having the same kind of backstory as uh, Deadshot. But honestly, I thought his like, I thought his equipment and like how he just would take all of his weapons straight from his vest was actually a lot cooler than Deadshot. Yeah, it kind of reminded me
0: he's like a mix of uh, he was like Tony Stark as like the Winter Soldier. Yeah, <laughs> like that, like that Iron Man suit where he could just make the weapons manifest, and then when he finally ran out, he was like, "Oh fuck, yeah, <laughs> okay, now I'm surrounded by all of you." And then Polka Dot Man, I recognized him too from uh, Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yep, Ant Man. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Bump him the Magosh, but he's he's been a l- in a lot of good shit too. And also Peter Capadelli, I don't know if you know him, he fucking killed it too as the Thinker. 'Cause the only time I think most people have seen The Thinker is in um The Flash.
1: Yeah, the T V show. And they did a they did a good job there, but this guy was, I think, more comic book accurate. Uh this I've seen him in Blade Runner twenty
0: forty nine. Uh he was uh wait, no, hang on. I'm getting mixed up. Hang on, I'm going over my notes. <laughs> uh The Thinker, yeah, Peter Peter Capaldi. What Capaldi. Capaldi, my bad. He's been in some shit that I fucking love. Hang on, pull up my notes, pull up my notes. Keep talking, man.
1: <laughs> I got like a Ghostbusters vibe with all the things coming off of his head. It looked like yeah. a, it looked like an Egon creation. <laughs> yeah, he's been in uh, movies
0: like World War Z, House of Nine, a movie I like a lot. Uh, he's also been on a shit ton of TV shows since like the 80s where he's always played character actors, too yeah um like the walking dead he was pretty good in that awaken the dead if i was walking dead (laughs) um but yeah he's he's mostly known for doctor who
1: and i'm like okay that makes sense he was one of the best doctors
0: yeah that but he the way he did that conviction of like explaining what they were doing
1: there with staro blew my like you you got me buddy you're a piece (laughs) of shit but you got me well, yeah, that and the fact that the U.S. government was, of course, behind it all. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. We're always behind everything, man. Oh, for sure. And
0: uh, Viola Davis, she's Amanda Waller. That bitch.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the fact that she was willing to sacrifice Bloodsport's daughter. Like, come on, woman. It wasn't like, even you that, dude. ruthless. No, she's fucking ruthless when she's like, yeah, let the city die. I don't care. Oh, yeah, that too. Like, oh, just give me the drive. It's no longer our problem. Yep. Okay. And yeah, I, <laughs> I I love how at the end they like hardly just wanted to put it out on the internet where Bloodsport's like, "Hey, uh, this is a bargaining ship for our lives. We'll get to live because now we have blackmail on Amanda Waller."
0: Right, and that kind of makes the whole brick flag versus peacemaker scene even way more tough to know. Right. Before we get into that, then. uh. So what else do you want to get into in the opening sequence? I like the whole dance scene where they went to the bar. That was like a good bonding moment. That was something that they did too late in the first movie. Yeah. And then they perfectly put it into this place where they were are like having drinks and like, this is a good time. Like the rat. Hey, you forgot my friend. And the rat's like, give me a drink.
1: <laughs> right. Well, the fact that it was uh, Idris Elba is like, hey, don't forget the rat, even though he's scared of rats.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing I loved about this, uh, the task force like administration,
1: is that mm-hmm. they
0: were so realistic. Like, wait, you guys, no, you were supposed to see, oh, shit, he can't swim. Wait, he's scared of
1: rats? <laughs> right. <laughs> wait, wh- who the fuck did the paperwork here? I thought <laughs> you did the paperwork. I thought that was really good. Like, I, I that's definitely James Gunn humor right there. But to me, I felt like that really didn't connect with who Amanda Waller is. Because she is way too thorough to have stuff like that happen.
0: I know where you're coming from, but I feel like she is still um getting used to this role. And by saying used to this role, like being in this position, I feel like she's still growing pains is going on. Like, this isn't Amanda Waller. That is full on like, like she's ruthless, but she's not like thinking 10 steps ahead of everyone yet. She's just a ruthless bitch, not the smartest woman in the world, like up there with Luther. Right. She knows everyone's little secrets. So that's kind of like how I look at how she was written, because this character hasn't been fully developed yet. Because the last time we've seen her was, yeah, 2016. She never showed up in Justice League or anything like that since then.
1: Right. Yeah. The last time we saw her, we saw Bruce Wayne telling her, hey, leave it to me and the professionals. Get your task force X out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: But yeah, I I thought this movie was really well
1: paced. Did you feel it drag at all? No, I thought I thought it went really like I thought it was very cohesive. I didn't think there was really like too dry of a moment. The only moment I thought was dry was with uh, Harley Quinn and
0: the new president of the country. That should just seem like it came out of left field. Yeah, we're yeah, he almost like enticed Harley and Yeah. They, I love how she killed him. He's like, I I'm sorry, my boyfriends, you, you have so many red flags. My previous boyfriend, I have to kill you. Right. <laughs> you can't kill kids. And I'm like, you helped kill Jason Todd. You literally said it's literally in your thing from the last movie, you helped kill Jason Todd. A sixteen year old kid, probably. You sick
1: bitch. Right. <laughs> where, where do you get on having this more high ground? <laughs> right, yeah, where she's like, own that shit. We're like, we're not good people. <laughs> and then she won't let other people do it. <laughs> yeah, she saved one little
0: girl in Birds of Prey and now she's like this perfect anti-hero.
1: Right. Uh, Although I i think I like her more in the anti-hero role than the Joker sidekick role. Well, you know what's funny? I didn't Zack Snyder help produce this? I don't think so. So I don't think he he had anything to do with it. Okay, maybe not.
0: But the thing is, though, is that this Harley Quinn sounds like the Harley Quinn that would die in the arms of uh,
1: Batman. Yeah, this has very, like, injustice type Harley Quinn. Like, I feel like Batman could trust this Harley Quinn. Yeah, and him saying, like, the last thing I promised her is I would
0: kill you while she died in my arms. I'm like, this sounds like the type of Harley Quinn that would team up with it,
1: Batman. For sure. Uh, Like so. I wish there was I like, I understand this is kind of more like a reboot, even though it kind right. of it used other characters. Um, I've been seeing a lot of like David Ayer, who created the first one, has the Zack Snyder thing going on where he's like, hey, the movie that I shot, DC did not air. He's like, my cut is out there and it is a million times better what was shown. And I'm like, right. God dang it, I want the air cut now because like, like you said, the first time watching the Suicide Squad in 2016, it was fun. And then it just aged so poorly. Every time I rewatched it, it's like it got worse and worse and worse. Yeah,
0: I agreed. It's mainly the thing. Um, I don't know if you know this one guy on YouTube. I like him a lot. He's called uh, the Cosmo, not for uh, Verity. I think I've heard of him. He like does like really good reviews. Yeah, so he fucking shitted on the Suicide Squad movie. In the first six minutes, you hear six different songs. Like, where they're just like, oh, here's another song. Oh, here's another song to see a character's backstory. Oh, what a shock. The black characters have rap behind them. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's exactly saying what I thought, like, after the second time I saw the movie. Because they tried to make that movie like the trailer, where everyone loved it. Because that trailer, I'm sorry, you can watch that trailer and have a good time still. Oh, the trailer is great. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, shit, because that was like an a opposite company that makes trailers for studios. And they're like, whoa, we want to make it, the movie like this now. And David Ayer keeps saying, like, there's the Ayer cut. Bullshit, dude. I mean, maybe there is because there's like a lot of scenes with Harley and Joker cut out. But, dude, you also did nothing with it. You mm-hmm. killed like two suicide squad members. One in the beginning, that was literally everyone knew was going to die because his name was Slipknot. And his fucking thing was that he could jump up buildings with rope and he was in none of the promotional stuff. Two, then you killed Diablo, who was just at sacrifice, but none of the other characters had stakes. Like, legit. This movie, every time there was someone, by the end, I was like, is they going to fucking die? Right. The only one I knew who wasn't going to die, die, was The Peacemaker. But that's because I'm a John Cena fan, and I already knew his show was coming out.
1: Yeah, see, I I had no knowledge of that. Apparently, like, James Gunn has already written between six and eight episodes, and they already started filming most of them. And he directed, I think, five of them personally.
0: So... The thing is with James Gunn, if you're a pro wrestler, go work with James Gunn. He will make your career like that. Batista and John Cena.
1: Yeah, apparently Batista was like about to declare bankruptcy before James Gunn got him for Guardians. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh wow, look at you. You you I don't know where you heard that from. But yeah, he literally said that in an interview. He's like, Yeah, I because when he left pro wrestling, dude, he stopped getting those paychecks and he was trying to do acting and like MMA. And then James Gunn gave him a shot and uh, that led to him getting Guardians and the perfect movie as a James Bond villain, one of my favorite, like, henchmen. And then uh, that led to Blade Runner 2049, which I recently just finally watched. Uh, I love Blade Runner and he fucking killed it in that movie, too. Yeah, he did. It, I, like, he's only in the first 10 minutes, but you want to see more of his character because he was so good. And now I, I, I'm excited because I've seen John Cena... In a lot of movies, like I've seen him from the Marine in 2006, um, super corny 80s movie. It's awesome, but you can tell he's just not acting. He's just doing his shtick like he did on WWE. To uh, What was the comedy with Amy Schumer? Not Amy Schumer. No, it was uh, Amy
1: Schumer. Um, I know what you're talking about. I forget what it's called.
0: Well, he's the boyfriend, and everyone saw he was funny. uh, The cock blockers. (laughs) Uh, I just saw him in Fast 9, and honestly, I liked him in Fast 9, but I just didn't like Fast 9 as a whole. I'm so sick of those movies. <laughs> but um, And Bumblebee. I felt bad for him in Bumblebee because he was in the best Transformers movies. They just gave him the corniest dialogue ever. Right. <laughs> but this movie, though, like we said, with him and Idris Elba, that dick measuring contest, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I hope you keep getting gigs now. Like, I want to see you in more shit now. And I'm happy that I think he fits the DC universe better than he would in the Marvel universe. Oh, for sure. I don't he, think he has a place in Marvel. his comedic timing. Yeah. Yeah, his comedic timing. The only other character I could see him being really good at is The Thing. I
1: think he would actually be a really good thing. He might, but I feel like The Thing is a little more... I mean, I guess he can be serious. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that that could work. But I don't know if you saw a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's still in development but he was casted to play Duke Nukem in a movie. Oh my God, yes, I remember that now. Dude, that is another great one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you give him the blonde hair and braided off script, James Gunn should direct that. <laughs> right, I mean, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it should be more like, I'm here to fuck girls and chew <laughs> bubble gum. <laughs> Uh, well, that, w- that was Duke Nukem's line from the video games. Yeah. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And, and that was fit of gum. because that was Roddy Pop- uh Roddy Popper. Roddy Piper's <laughs> line in a, a manga, uh, the Among
0: Us or whatever it is, where he puts on the sunglasses and he can see everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so real quick, let's go back. Uh, we'll get back on track. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the action in this was way better, too. I could actually see what the fuck was
1: happening in this movie. Right i thought that was really good too yeah i don't know what it is about like every time there's supposed to be like a night scene like a night action scene can never see what the fuck is going on like in this one or the well i I mean like so like in the first suicide squad movie and the damn game of thrones like one of the final episodes It's like these things take place at night and then they make it purposely like pitch black where you can't see anything. I'm like, come on now, like make it like Lord of the Rings where it's taking place at three in the morning, but you can still see what's going on.
0: No, I agree. This one, I could actually see who they were fighting because they weren't just bubbly. I, what the fuck? And now (laughs) June moan, June moan, June (laughs) moon is fucking just dancing as the entranches. And like, yeah, you can't act. So they just literally made you dance. I mean, cgi screen for like three minutes and just keep <laughs> doing the same movement on loop
1: <laughs> yeah the acting was so much better in this one than it was in the first one
0: yeah the one care i was even shocked like um i forget her name uh the resistance fighter leader i can't believe she was casting this into like such a no nothing yeah alice role. braga yeah she's so good uh, she- i'll always remember her from uh predators In uh, 2011, she was so Mm -hmm. good in that movie. And I'm like, okay, so she's just absolutely nothing in this. Like, she has two scenes and that's it.
1: Yeah, I thought, uh, what's her name? Daniela Melchire. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but Ratcatcher 2, I thought was a greatly acted role. This was like
0: her breakout.
1: Yeah, the only, she's got like a couple of
0: like um, European movies under her belt, but she did the voice of Spider Gwen for the Portuguese. Uh, oh, nice subtitle fun fact uh Palm clementoff uh pom clementief who plays mantis in guardians yeah she was one she was the lead dancer at the bar that they walk in
1: yeah i saw that there was a bunch of like james gunn like uh castings from guardians in in the uh in this movie yeah there's another one stephen
0: Blackhart. he was in this and then um who's the other one lloyd kaufman so yep. i'm like Okay, this is interesting. He's always in <laughs> he's like in every one of James Gunn's movies, I guess, in like some small cameo role. Yeah, uh,
1: along with uh James Gunn's brother Sean Gunn. <laughs> yeah, of course. So you want to talk about the climax, like how much better it was than the last one? Yeah, the end fight for the 2016 one was such bullshit compared to the fight against Starro here.
0: Yeah, it was just clearly like, hey, we gotta save the budget, let's just do something. Oh, this thing's in the middle of the world, it's gonna end the world. Pretty much just can do all of this on a sound stage and... There will be no big action set pieces, and I'm like, okay. And then this one, I'm like, nope, this is way much better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Plus, uh, Harley with a javelin going straight into Starro's eye. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's uh, I guess the uh Diablo scene. She's kind of going in for the kill, or what?
0: <laughs> that was. I thought it was just like gonna be her, like maybe stab the eye, and like the fact that she went inside of it. I thought Mm. was so much more amusing because like in the trailers, I thought that was like when the water tank busted open and all the rats would be around her. Right. But I'm like, this is way more brutal. Like this poor fucking thing is just getting it. Like (laughs) when you think about it, the fact that it said I was just floating in space, admiring the stars. Yeah. It made me feel bad for Star L. He literally was not doing (laughs) shit. And then we just took him in and made him do
1: his thing. Right.
0: Like he literally like had no issue. Like he didn't have to come here, but we made him in the U.S.
1: <laughs> yeah, I it it was really good. I love how Ratcatcher like ended up being the big hero along with uh I guess Polka Dot Man for a while there. But I was kind of pissed the way they made Polka Dot Man go out. Right, and um, well, like the one thing was with this
0: is that it was just goes back to James Gunn writing with that whole conversation with uh, Bloodsport. Saying like, "I'm gonna save you from this situation." No, I'm gonna get you out of here alive. And he just kind of like smirked at her. But that that whole sequence is really beautiful. Like her going back to her dad was, which who cameoed again, another yeah, Marvel director, of <laughs> course. And that scene was beautiful too. And this girl, she just has like such a charm and innocence about herself, right? Like, and I love it because I relate to it—the millennial thing. I just want to sleep. Just always (laughs) sleeping.
1: I'm like, yep, that's us millennials. Pretty much. we just want to sleep all the time. Well, that and the fact that she could like befriend King Shark after he tried to eat her. (laughs) Yeah, that. Oh, my God. King Shark. Now, you've seen the Harley Quinn
0: TV series, right? Yeah, I have. Now, did you like that King Shark more or do you like this kind of King Shark or even compared to the Flash TV show? That King
1: Shark. I think this one was the perfect mix of the both. Yeah, like, this, this one was Hulk. menacing and also funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like this King Shark can keep getting smarter. Like, his intelligence will increase the longer he keeps showing up. Right. Like, he's not going to be dumb all the time.
1: Right. I, he was obviously the Groot of this movie, <sighs> but a smarter version. <laughs> well, actually, maybe. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I love his, like, how are you going to disguise yourself mustache? And he just puts <laughs> his... F- <laughs> And then, like, when he finds out he can't do something, he just freaks out, like, fuck this, fuck you
1: all.
0: <laughs> like, right. like, oh, my God, this is awesome.
1: Right, he <laughs> and, can barely form words, but he can tell them to go fuck off. Fuck them, just, yeah, fuck <laughs> you.
0: I'm like, oh, my God.
1: King <laughs> Shark, you rock. Yeah.
0: And I felt, well, I felt so bad for him, too. He's like, friends. Right. And oh, yeah, with just, the little things. <laughs> yeah, and then they just all try to kill him. He's like, fuck,
1: fine." honestly i thought that i thought that was gonna be his death i'm like really that he's gonna go out like that i'm like no he's got like regenerative capabilities so he'll he'll be all right <laughs> and bullets don't do anything to him too so i'm like yeah you're the fucking hulk
0: right you're literally the hulk you're Like, you can't smash a planet but you, it'll take a lot to put you down buddy
1: well that and did you uh did you like how uh the tower that they had to infiltrate was called jodenheim yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> there are uh, so many Marvel Easter eggs in a
0: DC movie. <laughs> yeah, Kelly like looked at me. She's like, "That sounds familiar." I'm like, "Yeah, it's." Uh, I I looked at him. I'm like, "I'm pretty sure it's like a Vikings thing." I can see it a it, weapon or like a <laughs> camp. No, it's or something. where
1: it's where Loki's from.
0: Jotunheim. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes Well, and it's supposed to be German, so that makes more sense. I'm like, yeah, it's like Eastern European stuff. And she's like, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because my girlfriend's from the Netherlands. So she was like, oh, what is that supposed to
1: mean? I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. Also, how did you feel about Rick Flag dying? I was, I was a little pissed about that, but at least they... Oh, I did like that whole scene. I just wish she would have survived. Because to me, it's like, okay, Rick Flag is... Or at least he's the leader for a while in the comics. I know uh, Deadshot takes over for him once he actually dies. But yeah, I I mean, I love Joel Kinnaman in that role. So I was kind of sad to see him go. I thought the way they shot
0: that was very smart. I liked it reflecting off Peacemaker's helmet. And then that final like Peacemaker. What a joke. Right. And that kind of like just showed like. He literally is just like you following his job. The difference between you and him is that you don't have a bomb in your head. He does. So I kind of understood where that Peacemaker was coming from at that point. He didn't want to kill Ratcatcher. He's just doing what he can do so he can survive another day and get the fuck out of prison. So, like, I'm not like, you know, um, defending Peacemaker, but it's not black and white with him. I really do believe that.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, with uh, Rick Flag and I mean, even with Bloodsport, like they at least had a moral code, whereas Peacemaker does not have one. He will kill whoever, whenever and do whatever it takes to, quote unquote, ensure peace or to just have him survive.
0: Agreed. So uh, that being said, so with the last final scene with Starro, this is when I got straight up slither did you ever watch slither i never saw that no okay you should definitely see it um pretty much like it's james gunn's directorial debut it rips off of like imagine uh invasion of body snatchers these okay. little worm things infect michael roker's character and this whole <laughs> town just gets taken over by these zombie things and these like worm creatures and stuff and that's what i felt like he did with starro with the whole torture scene and like seeing the way they take people's face and the second it latches onto you're dead like there is no coming back from that and that was just like how it was in slither it's that body whore shit that he's really good at like that scene when they go and see for the first time that was not settling i'm like okay oh for sure this is fucking hell you poor fucking people
1: Oh, yeah, watching all the experiments with, like, anyone who put up a fight against, like, the Costa Rican government, and just, I yeah. was I'm like, damn. It was, it was very interesting, definitely. And Not Costa Rican, Co- uh, Corte Maltese, sorry. Corte Maltese, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, but I, I'm glad Star got his thing, though, against the Thinker.
1: Right, got his half. I was like, God, that was brutal. <laughs> oh speaking of which king shark's ripping the person in half Jeez.
0: oh dude yeah king shark like had two what the fuck moments when he ate that poor guy yeah. down the hatch <laughs> yeah but he's always picking his teeth with like their bones too you notice that yeah i did <laughs> oh god um but i thought the final set piece and then polka dot man the fact that like his whole thing is that his mentioned star labs yep and his mom wanting him and his brothers and sisters to be superheroes and it's just, I thought that actor did really well in that role for what he did to make such a such a D-list hero be relevant.
1: Yeah, well, the the fact that he had to like picture his mom in order to like get in the action too. <laughs> well, definitely, and I feel like uh, he had to die the way he did just from like
0: he had his moment, came circle, he felt like a superhero, and died happy. That's true. Uh, but the thing is though is that he probably could have killed Stargo by himself. Oh, for sure. So they had to like, oh, okay, yeah, he's going to die. He's going to like injure him really bad and then he's going to die.
1: He has to. <laughs> yeah, I agree. If they would have done it that way, it would have been like too easy of a victory. And I thought the rats taking out sorrow was kind of poetic justice. with Like you said, how Ratcatcher is like, no, I'm going to get you out, Bloodsport, when it looked like all of them were kind of going to bite the dust there.
0: Well, and also they fought and it's also symbiotic, like um, symbiotic. Uh, I think this like the way you know Ratcatcher connect you know works with rats and controls them, while Starro just takes you over. Yeah. So I feel like the rats, it was like cool thing you had two different beings who can control multiple beings going up against mm. each other. Except for the rats seem to want to follow Ratcatcher, right? While Starro forces you to follow them,
1: yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying and yeah, that I agree. So
0: that symbology is way better for like an epic fight, except yeah. for she uses million like a hundred thousand rats and it's like, Yeah, see, that's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> uh and then yeah, the way the movie's wrapped up too, with Weasel still being alive, Peacemaker still being alive,
1: um, but After getting I, shot through the neck when he doesn't have any have superhero you seen John abilities. John Cena's workout?
0: His neck is bigger than us, Ron, okay?
1: <laughs> I mean, we can ask
0: James Campbell from Dave and Chuck the Freak how big John Cena is in person next time you see yeah. him.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the, the traps on his neck are bigger than my biceps. Yeah, so Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: um but i thought it was very cute though how the rat lays on his uh leg at the end of blood sport and he's just kind of petting it
1: (laughs) and it was just a cute moment i think definitely idris elba is not done in these dc movies i wanted idris elba as uh john stewart so bad but i guess i'll take him as blood sport
0: Hey, man, it's making him do a character to make it if he I rather like I like it when big actors take on big name roles. But when they make a smaller act, smaller role into a big role, just I think that's just as cool because now they can do it what they want. Like a lot of people want Idris Elba to be James Bond. Yeah. Yes, I could see it. But also, I think he is too big of a name for that role, if that makes
1: sense. No, like, I completely understand because Daniel Craig was kind of upcoming when he got the James yeah. Bond role. Uh, Pierce Bronson was known for a show in the 80s
0: and Lil' cameos there and so on and so forth. If you go down the list, mm. you've got to put it's kind of like Star Wars. You can't put a big name actor into a main role of Star Wars. Right. Like The Rock. I love him. But unless he's playing a Republic Commando, if you make him a Jedi, <laughs> nobody's going to take him serious.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Or like you can't do that. So. That's what. But also, I want Tom Hiddleston to be James Bond. But that's a different story for a different day. Oh, agreed. (laughs) So, but yeah, that's how I just feel about that. So overall, uh, is there anything else you want to discuss about it, Ron? We've been almost talking for like an hour here.
1: No, I think that kind of wraps it up. Like I said, I'd give it a solid like seven and a half, eight out of ten. A lot of fun, but there was definitely room for improvement.
0: Yep, I give it a nine, and I think this is gonna be my next Blu-ray buy i'm i've been looking at my blu-ray collection i haven't bought a movie since solo (laughs) Um, on blu-ray by the way that movie still slaps i think i'm ready for
1: solo 2 that needs to happen that gets so much negative comments on it when it was one of the better things star wars has done
0: no now like two years later it's or three years later now, everyone loves it. Right. Like, because they see, I think the Mandalorian helped the love for that too. But this is definitely going to be a Blu-ray buy for me. This is going to be a movie I'm going to want to watch like once a year, no matter what, for sure. In high definition. Um, But fun thing about this. So, when they wanted to make the sequel, do you want to know what director they were thinking about trying to get on it? Who? So Warner Brothers was trying to get Mel Gibson to direct
1: this movie. No, no, no. Stay as far away as possible.
0: Okay, are you saying that because you don't like him as a person, or you don't think he's a good director? Both. Okay, uh, I will agree with you on him being a shitty person as a director. Now dude, he... Every one of his movies he's directed, I have fucking loved. I mean, I haven't seen Passion of the Christ, but Braveheart. I'm sorry, it's Braveheart. Well, uh, that was a long,
1: that was a long time ago. I feel like the recent ten years has been shit.
0: Ah, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Okay, have you not seen? Ha- I okay that that one is good. Yes. So that's what I'm saying with that. I mean, uh, yes, he's a piece of shit with like his thoughts and whatnot. I believe in second chances. I that's just where I go. I dated a Jewish girlfriend, so I don't know. I'd never bring up Mel Gibson around her for certain reasons. So, <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, that would have been just interesting to me to see Mel Gibson direct a superhero movie. That's like one of those things I just want to see.
1: Maybe, you know but I mean? I mean, I don't know how, from what I heard, he's kind of a dick on set as a director too, and hard to get along with.
0: Well, I, hey man, uh, what's his fate? Uh, the greatest coaches are always dicks too, though, right?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true.
0: Bobby Knight. <laughs> I, I couldn't name more. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. That would have been very funny. I can't believe Warner Brothers tried to get him to be a director, though.
1: Right. Of all people, Warner Brothers taking a risk like that. I, <laughs> uh, dude,
0: Warner Brothers is like WWE right now. They're just fucking weird and don't make sense <laughs> with their decisions. True. Uh, so on that note, um, we're going to also be coming up on our series season because it's been greenlit for a season two of Mm -hmm. bad batch we haven't (laughs) talked about in like a month so we're just gonna probably just talk about the last two and other things we didn't like about the episode plus there's a ton of other news of star wars going on since then as well yeah it'll be a fun episode to talk about for sure yeah get to talk some juicy star wars content (laughs) plus our kOTOR uh fan made unreal engine TV series is looking more and more impressive the more they show off on YouTube I don't know if you're still following them I haven't no. it's oh my god dude I can't wait for this it's <laughs> gonna be like probably it's gonna be like a team four star where they release an episode like once every six months but I'll be around for 11 years <laughs> uh and we,
1: we gotta get around to black widow now I mean yep. Nah, I don't want to talk about it though. So <laughs> it had its good moments, but overall
0: uh, man. not a rush, not a rush to podcast about. <laughs> right. But uh we'll get to that. Ron watches me. I'm gonna have to binge watch Titans. So yes. that's gonna be that's gonna be something I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna start here soon. I'll start binge watching that. Um I teased it, but when I finish Umbrella Academy, I think we're gonna have to do Umbrella Academy as well who knows fuck it it's two guys one lightsaber we're going to talk about what we want make sure to follow us on facebook at two guys one lightsaber also hit us up on gmail as well at two guys one lightsaber just so you can tell us your opinions thoughts or questions or maybe there's some easter eggs of stuff you saw that we missed or new rock stars didn't catch as well Be sure! To- <laughs> Thank you again for listening and downloading. Make sure you give us that five star rating on Apple's and also follow us on Apple and Spotify as well. I'm your host Mike Panda, and I'm Ron Burgess. God put some umph in it, Brian. And I'm Take Ron easy, Burgess. <laughs> Take it easy, y'all.